Got good sound? Good. Uh, I'll read to you from Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 24 and following. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, says Paul, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Uh, we need it. We need it like we need direction. We, we need it like we need air and light and your help and direction. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us today to understand this and most of all to apply it to our lives and that it will bring us great joy and it will cause the world to have joy as the influence of a healthy church impacts a needy world. Amen. Okay, as a kid, I wasn't very comfortable with church. Uh, I think the first experience would kind of put me on a bad trajectory. Uh, I went to a church that uh, when you got there, if you're a kid, you know what they did? They put you to work. Seriously. They put me to work carrying one of the flags. So we had this processional where there were... Uh, all I remember that was that there was a couple kids in front. Maybe they carried Bibles. I don't know. And then they put me in charge of one of the flags. One of the, and you know when you're this tall and the flagpole is two or three feet taller than you are? That's a lot of work to walk all that way up there and to keep that thing up in the air. Well, of course, the, the Christian flag on the very end of the pole had a cross. That one was okay. But the one they gave me had a point. It was pointy. And I wasn't able, as we were going up, I wasn't able to hold that thing up. And they, after that day, they called me the impaler. Because, <laughs> seriously, that poor kid in front of me, I still remember, it went down. I don't remember if I, it got the back of his neck or his shoulder, but I just finally couldn't do it anymore, and so he got it. And, you know, he looked back at me. He wasn't happy. He, he was angry at me. And from that point on, I think we needed counseling. And I don't think the relationship ever worked out. He disappeared. And here I have this reputation now. Young kid, I'm called the impaler, right? And so I have this church experience where I, I didn't feel comfortable at church. But guess what? There was this nice old lady. She was probably 30 or 40 years old. But to a, you know, a kid, you know, it's, you know, it's all relative. Age is relative, right? And, and she came up to me and she invited me to her class. And she was so nice and so genteel and just so friendly. It just, it kind of, it kind of made me feel open to go to her class. And then she really, she really just cinched it. When we got to class, she served cookies and Kool-Aid. And, and I was hooked forever. So, you know, there you go. And so church life is kind of like that is that people are flowing in and out and people come from all different backgrounds and we're, we're very different educationally, we're very different economically, we're very different, uh, you know, what we drive, what we live in, what we, our tastes, our preferences, all this stuff, which raises the question, what, what holds this thing together? And what's his name? Jesus. 
Jesus. You got it. That's right. He's what holds us together. And that's what first or no, excuse me, Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 27 talks about. It answers the question, what holds us together? So if you'd like to open your Bible, we'll take a journey. And we will see how reconciliation with Christ gives us reconciliation with, other, with each other and really practically holds us together. And so we continue in the book of Colossians, but I preface it with 2 Corinthians 5.18 because it presents both sides of it. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. He gave that to you and I. He gave that to us. This is the church family's calling. The ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of bringing people together. And isn't it amazing? You can watch TV. You can, you can go on your electronic device and read the news. And every day, you're going to read about all this peace and unity and goodwill. Well, wait, what am I talking about? Don't you find news about war? About conflict? Fears of economic woes? You know, it also almost makes you not want to go there. But I hope what you experience here is what makes you want to be here. And so I remember it was about uh, 10 or 12 years ago, just after we had moved out of the little sanctuary on the other side of that wall, and we moved in here, and uh, someone was sitting at the very back, and they were early for church, which makes them a target for me, and I went over there, and I shook their hand, and said hi, and sat down with them, and I said, how's it going? How was your week? You know, and just, just the light stuff, and I, I, I said, how long have you had a relationship with Jesus? And they said, oh, I'm not a Christian. I said, oh, okay, are you here searching, or just investigating? checking out the information and she and she said to me she said actually um, I've been coming here for a couple years and I said really what keeps you coming back and she said well I work in the corporate world and I come here to get refreshed I said tell me more she intrigued me and she said oh yeah you know in the corporate world I have to deal with all these problems and issues but I come here and she said I just sense this atmosphere and I love it and so I come here every week to get renewed ready for the corporate world and yet she's a seeker but not a believer she believes I guess in you know finding peace somewhere and I, I said to her I am I'm so pleased that you would come here to find that. Feel free to keep coming and asking questions and just exploring what Jesus is all about. It's the ministry of reconciliation. People are looking for that peace. They're looking for hope. They want to find the true basis of truth and love and a whole bunch of other things that the Bible provides because God's the source of it. And so this ministry of reconciliation is where we're going, and it's what you can be part of as you are here at Gateway. What is the attitude of a reconciled people? Well, let's see what Paul says. Now, I rejoice. There you go. That's what people are like. I rejoice in what I'm, what? Suffering. 
That's so counterintuitive. How can he go there? He's suffering. No one votes for suffering. No one looks for suffering. No one loves suffering. They avoid it. But where is Paul as he's writing this? He's incarcerated. That's right. He's writing from some prison cell, possibly chained to somebody. At times they allowed him some freedom and he wrote letters on different parchment and other stuff and sent it out through his visitors at jail to get it out to some of the different churches. And here we have Colossians. And he's telling them, even though he hasn't met them, he says, I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. I'm sitting here in jail, I'm incarcerated, but I want you to know I have great joy and delight being here. Oh my goodness. How do you get there? You get there from a perspective that knows that there's something being accomplished beyond the obvious you're incarcerated. Here's what the author of Hebrews says about this, and it gives us insight into how this attitude of rejoicing is possible in the midst of hardship. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. That's what he accomplished. And now he tells you how he anticipated accomplishing that. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew that going to that cross was going to provide redemption. That people would be valued and restored to wholeness and that people would have their sins forgiven through his perfect sacrifice, and he was willing to do it. And so he had great joy anticipating, he didn't look forward to going through it, but he had great joy in the product. <coughs> Excuse me. And so that's where Paul came from as well. The attitude of sacrifice and service. That's the attitude that Paul is demonstrating and what he learned from Jesus, our Savior. As you develop this heart for sacrifice and service, you're probably going to discover that in America, it appears that there is less emphasis on these two topics. Yes, in our community, you will find people out there donating time, but I hear a lot of people saying in the last couple of years, you know, we just don't have the opportunity we, we don't have access, we're distancing, and so a lot of this sacrifice and service has been impeded by restrictions. Don't let your heart stop caring about people, about serving, because in serving they will see the love of God and they will understand the true source of sacrifice. For Paul went on to say in Colossians, and I fill up in my flesh his physical being, his physical body, what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. Afflictions doesn't mean death. In this case, it means hardships, trials, difficulties that you face. Everyone has those in life. But only those who choose to walk close with Jesus will experience the affliction. <coughs> if someone could give me a cup of water, I'd really appreciate it. The allergies are getting to me. Yes. He is willing to go there in with his body, knowing that the body is the place where you feel the afflictions. 
For example, those of you who just simply have a tough job setting. Conflict with somebody. Expectations that are over and above what any human being is capable of doing. That's when you feel the stress, isn't it? That's the environment where you go, my body is tired, thank you very much. Even though I go home and I sleep, when I come to work, I'm feeling tired already. And you're anticipating this negativity and that stress just caused your body to just be tired and worn out. It affects your productivity. But you need a job. You're making a living. In your body, you're going through the hardships. Thank you. I knew you were going to bring that to me. Yes. <laughs> Kidding. Lots of coffee. And so, in the Christian life, what do you face? When you serve Christ, you're going to find that ministry zaps your strength. And you feel it in your body. Now, did he say by this that somehow he was adding to what Christ did? No. He's not saying that he contributed it to the atonement for our sins. What he's saying is, is that when you serve the Lord's ministry, you're going to encounter hardship and it's going to have an effect. You're going to expend energy, it'll affect your health. Suffer with purpose and on purpose for the greater purpose of building Christ's church. Because what shapes you builds you. And it will strengthen the church through your growing stronger. All great relationships are costly, but all relationships are worth the cost.